Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? All right, I'm getting your attention so you can come on in, grab a seat. If you guys are tuning in online, we thank you for, for tuning in online this morning. We love you guys. Do me a favor, share this link. Get this link out to everybody. We want everybody to be part of our worship this morning because God's ready to move in a mighty way. The gum is just intensifying my, my throat right now. It's like, ooh, so, so good. I thought it was the Holy Ghost coming in and and working on me this morning. But guys, we're so excited you're here. Um, we're going to stand and get ready for worship. I'm excited about what God wants to do in the house this morning. Come on. I know we still got people walking in. It's kind of chaotic right now. This is good stuff. This is what it's all about. So guys, let's pray together. Let's just lift this place up. Let's let God do what God wants to do this morning. So Father, we love you, God. We thank you, Lord. You're so good, Lord. You're so good. Father, we surrender everything to you this morning, God. We lift it up to you. You have your way in this place, God. Come fill this place with your joy. Fill this place with your love, with your peace, Father God. We just declare it right now in this house, God, that we get to lift up a shout of praise to you this morning. That we get to praise you this morning, God. So we love you, Lord. We thank you. We give you all the praise this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Come on, y'all. Let's get ready to worship.
the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. In the sanctuary, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord.
this morning. Let's give God praise this morning. Give Him praise. All right, this is that time for communion. So if you don't have the communion elements, go ahead and lift your hands up and we'll get the elements to you. All right, this is a serious time of worship here, all right? This is for believers, all right? If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, this ain't for you, all right? This is for people that call Jesus Lord, all right, and Savior, all right? So this is that time. All right, so get your hearts in the right place. Let's meditate as we get into the, this part of worship this morning. First of all, I just want to give honor to God and just thank God for allowing me to be in this position, all right? Giving all honor to Jesus, all right? Thank you, Pastor DJ, for allowing me to come up, giving me a mic, all right? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I get to, I get to do this here. It's an, honor, it's an honor to praise and come up here and just uh, honor God and everything that we do, all right? Um, sometimes it gets tough. I know when Pastor DJ asked me about three weeks ago to do this here, the enemy attacked me immediately. Said, no, you ain't ready for that. And, um, but uh, I pressed the one and said, God, you're going to take care of this here uh, through your Holy Spirit. So go ahead and put your hearts in place. All right, let's get ready as we take communion. All right, go ahead and um, go ahead, peel that paper back, that tab, and that expose that piece of of cracker, so we're gonna we're gonna bless it real quick. Then I'm gonna read the scriptures. I'm gonna go through um, 1 Corinthians 11, chapter 11, verses 23 through 30. I'm gonna read them. So set your hearts to understand what God is saying this morning. All right, all right. I'm trying to reposition my hands. All right. Father God, we just come boldly before you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. We thank you for this time, Father. We just pray for your revelation, Father, as we go through the scriptures, Father, your holy scriptures. And we just thank you, Father, that you're going to give revelation to those that don't understand this process, Father. We just pray for those that don't even know you yet, Father, that you open their minds and open their hearts to receive you, Jesus. And we just thank you for this time. Thank you for the word we're about to receive. We give you all the praise, Father, all the glory in Jesus' name. All right, set your hearts in place. All right, 1 Corinthians 11.23 says... For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. 
On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is, broke, which is given for you. This, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this is the cup, this is the new covenant between God and his people. All right, you are announcing, announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. All right, so this, this is critical. You must understand this is nothing that we just do just because, all right? We do this to honor Jesus, all right? All right, so anyone who eats this bread or drink this cup of the Lord unworthy, unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. This is why you should examine yourself before eating and drinking the cup. All right, so you examine, just take this time to examine whatever's in your heart. Go ahead and release it right now. This is the time before we take the cup, all right, and take the, the body. All right, um, for, if you eat, for if you eat the bread or drink the cup without, with, without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. You call judgment on yourself, all right? All right, that is why many are weak and sick and some have died even died because they don't understand this part of the the worship all right all right let's go let's, let's go ahead and peel that paper back and we're gonna take the take the bread all right go ahead go ahead and take it out lift it up lift it up to heaven Father God, we just come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. We thank you for the body that was broken for us. We want to honor you, Father. We want to want to honor our Lord Jesus. We don't want to bring shame or dishonesty to our Lord. And we just thank you that we're able to come before, come together as a body and just, just give you praise and honor and just know that this is the power that we need to do the work, to, to accomplish everything that you need us to accomplish, Jesus. For those that need healing in the body, this is healing. This is breakthrough right here, Father. We know this is breakthrough for finances or for your health or for the boldness of the, to speak the gospel on the job. And we just thank you, Father, for this bread. Thank you for the body of Jesus. Go ahead and break it. And go ahead and take it. Let's take a little moment here and just honor Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So worthy. Worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Lord. All right, take that cup. Go ahead and peel that paper back. We're going to take this juice, which represents the body, which, which represents the blood of Jesus. All right? Go ahead and peel it back. Go ahead and lift that cup with me. Thank you. Thank you, glorious Father. Thank you. Thank you. We come before you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the blood that was spilled for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You, found, you, was, you was worthy. You was found worthy. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you right now. We don't want to dishonor. We want the power that comes with doing communion. We want the power to be able to, to pray for others, to heal the, the sick. And Father, this is it. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and, and take that cup. Go ahead and drink it. Are right, we going to go back into worship. So honor God and just thank him, praise him.
Oh, we thank you, God, so much for this day. When we were worshiping right now, I felt the Lord reminded me of two stories. As we were worshiping, the Lord reminded me of the Israelites and how they were afraid to ascend the mountain of God. They were afraid to ascend the mountain. They were afraid because of the glory of God. And sometimes I think about us and how we're afraid to worship our God. And we're afraid to lift up our hands. And we're afraid to lift up a loud voice. And we're afraid to dance before our God. And the second story God reminded me of this morning was the story of this woman named Hannah. She was the mother of Samuel. And the Bible said that this woman poured out her soul in church in such a way where the priest thought that she was drunk. This woman poured her soul out before her God and didn't care about who was watching, who was next to her. She came and poured her soul out before her God. And it says that God honored her. And God granted the request of her heart. So I want to encourage you this morning. If there's a request on your heart, if God's given you breath in your lungs, if you're alive this morning, if your family members are alive this morning, worship your God with all that you have. While you can, worship your God with all that you can.
What you desire. I'm gonna burn for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. Light a match. 
Father, light a fire in our soul right now, Lord. Come on, fathers. Oh, holy. Open our eyes to a new way, Lord. A new you. dead on the top but underneath it's still hot and burning you can't see the fire you can't feel the fire but it's there so if you feel like the fire has left you he's saying it's not gone sometimes you just gotta let him blow on it sometimes you just gotta fan it a little bit sometimes you gotta surrender to it and there's gonna be a fresh new fire burning bright it's not out it's just low he said you just seek him with all your heart not gone. It's just sitting there waiting on you. Oh, come holy. Oh, Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you, Lord, that we get to sit here and worship you. And Father, we pray right now that you keep the fire burning, God. Give us a fresh fire, God. Those fires that have been burned out, those, those people that feel like they can't even feel the warmth anymore, God, reignite that fire. Breathe on it right now, holy. 
Only you, God, only you. Light it up, God. Just spark something deep down in them, God, to seek you like they've never, never sought you before. Find somebody you don't know. Tell them hello. Give them a holy hug or a high five. Come on, we'll be right back.
everybody's on a different path, but, but some people are just a little, you know, further along. I get up every morning and I put on the full armor of God, just like the Apostle Paul tells us to do in Ephesians 6. Of course, it's made a few things more difficult. I've had to reevaluate some things, like how I get in my car, how I drink my morning coffee, but, but I've come up with solutions for most of these things. It's not for everybody. My wife's not really into it. Hold on a second. Hey, can you hear me? Dad, I need, I need you to talk just a little bit louder. Sometimes I hear people make fun of me behind my back, but I just turn the other cheek, you know? I mean, who's gonna be laughing when the day of evil comes? Not the guy in the suit of armor, you know what I mean? I'm working on my moves. Gotta stay sharp, you know? I've got my breastplate of righteousness. I've got my helmet of salvation. It doesn't get any more secure than when you're wearing the helmet of salvation. Shoot! I've got my feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace, the belt of truth. I got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I've got my shield of faith. I don't know why more people haven't done this yet, but they will, they'll learn. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Come on. If anybody's got any armor like that, I'd like to just play with it. <laughs> I'm one of those guys that I've got some swords at the house. I want to put it on and just have people whack at me and see if it actually works. That's how guys think sometimes. I don't understand it. We, we just see stuff like that and go, does that really work? Jim Paul, you ever done that? You just see something like that and say, does that really work? Man, sometimes I want to know if it just really works. So, so good morning, Destiny. You guys excited to be here? Come on. Come on. We love our church. Hey, let's give a shout out for everybody online. Come on. We love you guys online. Thanks for tuning in. It's so good, man. I'm, I'm DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church, and we just love you guys, and we love our church, and we're excited about what God's doing in this season, and everything he's doing in this season is just so good. So if you're online, share that link. Get it out to everybody. Um, also, if you're online, if you need prayer this morning, uh, there is a link at the bottom of your, uh, your live feed that will let you ask for prayer. Or you can actually reach out to all the numbers we're going to throw up on your screen. So you'll see them up on your screen. Go ahead and take a picture of them. We have prayer partners standing by all the time. So that's important. If you're new here, uh, there's usually a connect card in the seat back in front of you. But because of COVID, uh, it's not in the seat back. So raise your hand if you didn't get a connect card. Uh, raise your hand. We'll have an usher bring you a connect card so you can fill that out. Let us know you were here. We just want to reach out to you, let you know we love you. We thank you for showing up. We want to pray for you. Uh, that's it. We just want to let you know how much we love you and, and appreciate you for being here. So a couple quick announcements. Um, same old announcements we always do, but they're really quick. Monday night prayer, be here at 6 p.m. every single Monday night. We have worship, sometimes live, sometimes not, and we just get in here and pray, and we just lift it up. And you cannot ask for anything better than that. Come on, we can just come together as a family and pray every night or every Monday night at 6, uh, 6 p.m. right here. And then uh, be ready. We, in fact, tomorrow's a holiday, but we even pray on holidays, Brother Bo. You know that? <laughs> We even pray on holidays, so, so it's going to be open tomorrow on a holiday, and then Brother Bo will be here on Tuesday, so Tuesday at the table, everybody's welcome to Tuesday at the table, that's our midweek service, so get in here, let's pack this house on Tuesdays, Brother Bo is going through a, a message on Abraham and faith, and it's powerful, it's a good foundation, something you really need to hear and apply to your life, so be here 
on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Uh, Wednesdays at 6, we have our student ministry right in the sanctuary. Pastor Kevin and Crystal leading that. Then we have our, our children's ministry at the same time. Mama Lo, she has all the children. So uh, bring your kids out here on Wednesday night. It's really good. We also have small groups going on on Wednesday night, small groups going on throughout the week. We have virtual small groups, uh, in-person small groups. You, you have got to find a way yourself to get plugged into Destiny. There are plenty of ways, uh, but we make sure we give all those options up to you. Uh, so let's make sure we get plugged in. You cannot do life alone. Uh, young adults, if you're a young adult and from 18 to 29, you're not left out either. We have uh, our young adults ministry, Nicole and Brandon, they're running that. They meet on Friday nights. Come on, get out here. Do life with other people. Um, something really cool hasn't been announced yet uh, up to this point, so we're running a little bit late. But next, next Sunday is Baptism Sunday. So, so I'm excited about Baptism Sunday. If you've been waiting for that, sign up today. Talk to Connection Point. Go online. Download the app. You can sign up on the app. You can, you can sign up online. Uh, go to the website. We want to baptize people in this house. So, so if that's your next step, if you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your next step is to be baptized. And, and that's, that's next week in here during service. So don't miss that opportunity, but sign up, please let us know. We got to make you this cool shirt, get prepared for you. So if you want all the cool stuff, sign up ahead of time. So we know as we fill up 900 gallons of water that, that we're going to have some fun in there and do some swimming or whatever. So it's going to be good. Um, you know, last thing I really want to do is uh, I want to celebrate somebody. So Kaylin, you and your family, the mayors, come on up here. Come on up here. It's not every day we get to celebrate uh, our young adults and, and, and what they're doing in life. Uh, but we've been doing this a lot here lately, and I love this. I absolutely love this. That You know, uh, if I could, my wife, Jules, will you come up? Elders, you guys want to come up? I want to bring the elders up. Um, that's you, Bo. You're an elder, too. <laughs> you look young, but, man, you're an elder. Um, so, so you know what we're doing. We want to... Um, I just, being that I'm a, I'm retired Air Force, I absolutely love people that, that, that have a servant's heart. Uh, and Kaylin has decided um, and actually leaves this upcoming week. What date? The 18th. She is a Navy recruit, Kaylin Mayer. I'm so excited. Um, I just know God's got an amazing journey for you. And it doesn't, he always says it doesn't matter how it starts, it's how, it's, it's how it ends. And he said, if you just trust in him in this walk, it's going to be powerful. Everything you think that he was going to work in you before, that's not gone. His word is forever. Okay, he's going to fulfill his word to you. It's just taking a different route, which is so good because you're going to learn so much. And the Navy's going to do you well, and you're going to do this country well. Okay, I'm so proud of you for making this choice. It's so wonderful. Oh. Look, I'm getting emotional already. This is just, I just love it when I see these, these young adults. We have launched out, I don't know how many uh, young adults from our church to go serve in the military. And it is so wonderful and so powerful. Uh, and we honor you for that because there's a sacrifice that goes to that. And there's a sacrifice to the family. You know, and we know that because we're a year out from our son joining the Navy. So we know what it's like. You know, being in the military is different than launching your child out in the military. Ginger, your, your son is, is now still in Texas doing stuff. And we've got people everywhere. <sighs> Brother Bo, your son's in the Navy, still in basic training. Um, this just seems like this is a, um, what a family. What a family full of servant hearts. And, and I love it. That's it. 
And this is how he does it. And, and we're, we are pushing out um, what God wants done. And what he does, he's sending, he's sending his people out to the spots they need to be at. And when the time's right, it's going to hit. And we're going to have people all over this place. And they're going to be, you're, 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 believe it or not, whether you believe, your mind's going to be so focused on the Navy, but God's going to hit you in some times when you're going to be in the right place at the right time and you're going to change somebody's life with a word that you're going to speak over them. That's how it works. So, so good. So what I want to do, we're just going to pray for them. So I want you all to stretch your arms out. I want to come on over and pray for their family. We're going to pray for, for Kaylin. We just know God's going to do something amazing. So, Father, come on, Lord. We love you, Lord. You are so good. Touch her right now, Father. God, anoint her right now to carry your word. Wherever she goes, God, we just declare right now her, her footsteps will carry your word, your gospel, Father. God, everywhere she goes, God, protect her, guide her, put a hedge of protection around her, Father, as she goes off on this journey, Father. Just steer her every Every way, Father God, protect her and just guide her, Lord. And Father, we lift up their family, Lord. We lift up their family. Give them peace and comfort right now, Father God, to know that you are in charge, Lord. That you are in charge, God. That you're gonna you're gonna guide her and take care of her, Father. So, Father, we just we just surrender everything to you. Have your way in her life, Father God. Have your way in their family. Bring favor upon them. Protect them and guide them, Lord. We surrender it all to you, God. Have your way in their life. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said. Amen. Come on. Come on. It's going to be so good, brother. Come here. Mm. Mm. Thank you, guys. Everybody's crying. Today, family, is Pastor Appreciation Sunday. We've had a... Yeah. We've had a full Sunday morning, haven't we? Um, pastors, would you come back up, please? Pastor and all pastors, all pastors and their spouses, because we know they can't do this stuff alone. Oh, they're coming. Not reluctantly. Run. Where's uh, Nicole and Brandon? Yes. So... We're doing things a little differently. We don't want you to be confused at all. We put out a little thing there for to prepare yourself if you'd like. But uh, we're going to receive some things, whatever you came up with. It's uh, Creativity is what we're calling on here, ways to appreciate our pastors. And it, it ranges all sorts of things. And I'm so not creative, I'm not going to start a list because I don't know what you guys might come up with. But the question is, what do you have in your heart the love, because I started off thinking about what can I say about these pastors. But here's the thing. I don't need to tell you about our pastors because you know our pastors, each one of them individually. You know them. Some of them better you know than I know them. Well, let me tell you one or two things I know about them. They sometimes ask me, Mr. Jim, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And they're talking about what about this person and that person Mama Lo one day, what size bicycle does this kid need? Everything is about you with these pastors. It's about your souls. And I, I don't say that lightly. I don't say that what they think about is your souls lightly. These people care. Pastor DJ has, has just bawled in front of me over one of your souls. But he doesn't quite know what to do to make sure that we lift you up and never offend, but we lift you up to Christ and put you before him 
so that you have a chance to walk this thing out in the kingdom and us never be a hindrance to you, but be an uplifter and a lifter to you. So this is all uh, biblical, by the way. I kind of just Googled scripture, pastor appreciation, and there's an extremely long list. Talks a lot, a lot of things. It talks about those who preach to us and teach to us deserve a double portion. It talks about how precious are the feet of those who bring us the good news. That are precious are their feet as they come over the mountain. And the feet were not the most wonderful thing in those days. They were kind of dirty, but precious are their feet that bring the gospel to us. And God, in his word, makes it clear to us that we should honor them and bless them. So this is not, uh, this is not out of order. This is totally in order. So I'm going to pray in just a minute if I get through talking ever. But uh, we would like for you to just bring up anything that you've prepared. And if you haven't prepared, you haven't missed a chance. We have the rest of our lives to appreciate these folks. Now, one way we appreciate them that is really special, the Bible says our fervent prayers, effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Our prayers, or even if you could bring millions, if you could put millions in this basket, it's nothing like what the Lord can do for these people. As in the song we sang earlier talked about, and Sarah was talking about how the Holy Spirit knows the Holy Spirit knows what these pastors need. You know some of their needs, but the Spirit of God knows all of their needs. And as we lift them up in prayer, as we fervently lift them up in prayer, as we pause, not just call a name necessarily, but pause and think about their hearts and their souls, and what do they, what do they yearn for? What's, what's missing in their life that they've just... just waiting for the Lord to fulfill in their lives, most of which has to do with your souls, by the way. Let's lift them up and we pray. Let's do our financial things that we uh, can. Some of, some of us are able more than others. And some of us are not able at all, but we're all able to love them. The, the Lord taught me that uh, if I say something nice about Pastor DJ to Bubba, well, I haven't helped DJ if I tell Bubba something nice. I got to tell DJ what the Lord put in my heart that was nice about him. And so I'm just saying we, we have to share, and this encouragement is it's just completely priceless. It, it makes them be able to boldly strive through the day, and it's so free. It's so easy, so cheap. And I used to not be very good at that, and I, I'm ashamed of that, that all my life, I missed all the opportunities to just tell people how much I appreciate them and how much I love them. And listen, they're never going to walk away from you. You're telling them how great they are. They'll stand right there. They'll listen to every word of it and love you. Um, I don't think I've missed anything. So what we are saying, congregation, to our pastors is we love you. You people are so beautiful to us because you care. You, you prepare, you love on us, you love on our children, you, you love people that we'll never meet. You love people that maybe we don't have the courage to talk to because they're different. But you boldly go out there and you say something and you do something and you try. And, and I know the love that I feel from you. And I don't have to tell you guys the love that they have for you. They love you. So let's pray a blessing over these folks. And y'all lift your hands and Father, God, we love you so much. 
you are a great God. You are a wonderful God. And you love these folks. You love these pastors. You love each one of them. You love their spouses. You, you see in their hearts. You see their needs, Lord God. You are a blessing, God, to them. God, I just pray that they would have their needs met, that they'd not be wondering about where things are going to come from, but that you just you give them the faith to believe every day that what they need will be put into their hands. The secret things that we don't know about that they're concerned about, Lord God. I pray that you would give them faith, Lord God, that you love them and those things matter to you like they matter to them. Their children, their finances, everything in their life, God, you care about every single thing. God, I pray that they would just be, be they would be at peace as they work hard, as they bring forth your word, Lord God, that they would have peace in their hearts and that they would be uh, comfortably safe in your arms, God, and always full of your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for our elders and our staff one more time. Come on. One more thing. The basket will just remain there as you have the opportunity. I never know what's going to happen up here on a Sunday anymore. <laughs> Man, we appreciate the words. Thank you so much. We love our congregation. We love this church. All these pastors, they, I'm telling you, I get to see them all the time. We get to do life together, and um, their hearts for everybody in here is phenomenal. And I thank each and every one of them for coming on board. I thank, thank them for doing life with us. I just thank them for trusting us. It's so, so good. It's so good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, I guess we'll pray. We'll just go right into the word. <laughs> Some people came for the word today, I think. Who came for the word today? Who wants to get a word today? Come on. Oh, Father, we love you, God. We thank you, God. Come on, Holy. Fill up my heart right now with your words, Father. Let it be only you, God. Come on, touch my lips, Lord. Hmm. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. It's been an emotional roller coaster this morning. And that's unusual. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, as you noticed by the bumper video about an hour ago, we are in a series uh, called The Armor of God. And it is all about spiritual warfare. It's all about uh, what God has given us to protect us and guide us and help us walk through this, uh, this process because it never stops. It's, uh, what I love about it is it's put on the full armor of God. So it means everything we talk about, we've been dissecting this, uh, these verses. We've been uh, ripping the scripture apart and talking about all the armor, what that looks like, how do you apply it to your life, and what can we do with it. And it's not just some of it, it's all of it. Okay, a lot of times we get caught up saying, well, I'm really good at that, but not that. When you can say, I'm good at that, but not that, what you're saying is that, that I'm protected over here, but when it's not that, that's where the enemy comes in. Okay, so it says you have to put on the full armor, everything, everything we discuss. So we started um, a while back, I don't know, I think it's our fourth week, I can't even remember, um, 
but we, we started talking about it. We talked about the belt of truth uh, and how we, 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 that actually holds this, the breastplate of righteousness or the robe of righteousness around us. So it actually cinches that robe to you so it fits securely. Um, that was all that. Last week we got into that, the robe of righteousness. We got into how his holiness covers this. It's all him. It's not us. Right, and how we have to apply that each and every day to our lives. So, um, so that's what we covered last week. All that's online. Go online. You can, you can watch all the sermons that are out there. If you need to download the app, Destiny Church Alabama, download that app if you ever missing out. Even Tuesdays. We, do, we go live on Tuesdays. So, um, so if you can't be here on a Tuesday evening and you want to catch that word, you can go live. Everything's live. So pull out your app, click the watch live, and you're good. Or go to our website and you can watch it there. So if you have your Bibles, hopefully everybody brought their Bibles today. I'm um, seeing if that's working. I see a lot of phones. That's good. <laughs> if you need your Bible, there's one out in the, in the foyer. If you lost your Bible, there's about 12 of them out there. If you don't pick them up by next week, we're going to hand those out too. <laughs> Go look through them, figure out which one's yours. Um, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, that's our, this is our go-to verse. This is where all this comes from. Uh, so we're going to read that. Uh, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. It says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So yeah, the Bible lays it all out for us on how to protect ourselves. He says, look, you're going to deal with it. The enemy's coming. He doesn't take off holidays. He doesn't take vacations. He doesn't take off weekends. He said, he's coming. And here's what you need. I need you to do all these things. So what I'm trying to do, and we're just trying to get that word out. We're trying to dissect that, break that down for you so you understand it better. So you're better prepared. We, we, like I said, we went into this with the Beatitudes. We went through tons of that to build a foundation. But once you have a foundation of that, you need to understand how do you protect yourself when the enemy comes? Because he's going to come. When you start building that foundation, the enemy's going to come. So uh, we're going to pick it up in our verse today. Uh, it's actually 14 and 15, just so it flows. Uh, but stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. There's a readiness that comes in your life that overcomes you when you understand and believe in the gospel of peace. There's a readiness that you have no worry. There's a peace about you that wherever you go, you're good. Wherever you go, uh, there's a peace about you when you understand the gospel 
Um, and what this is saying is that this readiness causes the peace. So, so when you're prepared, you know, um, when you're prepared and you have this peace in your mind, you're ready to share the gospel anywhere you go. So are you? Because <laughs> he gave it to us. It's a gift. It's a gift. We have peace because of Jesus. And here's, here's one thing I realized. And if you don't walk in peace, it is so hard to share the gospel. You have got to be filled up with the peace in the gospel if you plan on sharing the gospel. Because it is hard to go in and start talking to somebody when they go, really? Really? You're going to share the gospel with me? So think about that. I want you just to examine your hearts this morning as we go through this. Where are you at on that level? Are you at peace enough with what God's doing in your life and with your salvation and, and with the gospel that when people look at you and you go talk to them, that they're going to accept that word from you? Because the peace is what drives it, your peace in him. So we're going to pick this up. We know where it's being written. We see Paul using, uh, Paul's writing this in prison, but it's really a house arrest. Uh, he's chained to a soldier um, in house arrest. And you could imagine that's where when we talk about the armor of God, we always shared a Roman soldier with the armor of God. And I'm thinking of, of Paul sitting there and he's chained to this guy and he's looking at him all day. But the good part is, is Paul is filled with this. He's ready. The peace, the gospel, he's ready to do whatever God wants him to do. So I imagine that's a one-way conversation for a bit. You ever sat next to somebody on an airplane that you didn't want to talk to and all they did was want to talk to you? That's how I see it. I see that soldier like, seriously, chained to him. And I see Paul just talking to him the whole time. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know. And that's what I imagine. I'm like, man, just chained to somebody who wants to tell me about the gospel. But that's how Paul was. He was ready. He had readiness. He had the shoes of the gospel. He was ready to do what God called him to do. It didn't matter where he was or what it looked like. He was ready to go. He had the readiness. But I believe while he was sitting there, he was also inquiring with this guy. And he's looking at all his gear and he's like, man, what is that for? Like, why do you wear this? Why do you wear that? You know, why is it you have those shoes on? Like, like why? I think that there was just this, I don't think they just sat there, turned the other way and not talking. You know, and it proves it as you go on and it says, hey, look, this is all for the good of the gospel because I got all the guards saved. Every, you know, everybody's going to heaven <laughs> when he gets done. He's just like, I got them all. You left me in here, Lord, and I wasn't going to stop talking. It's the gift of gab. My wife always gets on me because I could walk in an elevator and if there's somebody in the elevator, I'm going to know where they're from, what they're doing, why they're in the elevator, where they was born, where they go to church. She's like, baby, why you got to talk to everybody? I was like, I just love everybody, man. You never know. That might be the one. God put them in that elevator for a reason. That person might not be saying that. They're like, man, I don't know why I'm in the elevator with this guy. So if you see me coming, watch out. It's going to be a long ride. We might even hit that pause button. I don't like what I hear, we're stopping in the middle. Oh, anyway, so Paul's feet, they're fitted with readiness, okay? He's ready to share the gospel. He's living in, in peace, therefore he can share the good news. He can share the gospel because he's fitted the right way. 
All right, he's doing what he's supposed to do. So, um, and you can see that he's actually planted firmly where he's at. That's the key to this. See, a lot of people think they're just supposed to be planted with God wherever God sends them, and they forget that God has you where you're at for a reason. And, and he wasn't complaining about it. That's the good part. He's like, no, I am here for the defense of the gospel. That's what it says in Philippians. I'm here for the defense of the gospel. So he understood that God put him right where he was supposed to be. And sometimes we have a problem with that. But see, that wasn't Paul's plans. It wasn't like he was saying, this is where I want to be. If you read, he was wanting to be all kinds of places. But God said, I'm going to put you somewhere. And guess what? It's going to be for the gospel. Because I believe if Paul wasn't Locked down, he wouldn't have been writing. He'd have been too busy. But how, how, how much time you got to write when you're out on a mission field? Not much, huh? Well, that's how I feel Paul was. Paul's running around doing mission work, sharing the gospel, and, and, and he doesn't have time to write any letters. So here's what God did. He said, don't worry, I'm going to set you in a place where you're going to impact the world forever. And he didn't complain about it. He said, God, you have me where I'm supposed to be. You have me right where I need to be. So rather than being bitter, Paul says, I'm put here. He goes, I've been put here. So sometimes don't think that you just ended up someplace. Don't think that it was just by accident. Sometimes the place you don't like, God puts you there. And you've got to deal with that. You've got to walk through that. You've got to seek him out and say, Lord, why? Why am I here? Open my eyes. And we fight it today because there's a lot of people I know that they, they complain about their work. Oh, I can't do this anymore. I go to work and there's no Christians in my work. Well, that's why you're there. God said, I put you right in the mix, right where you need to be. Like you are the one. Save them all. Well, when we pray that prayer, sick them, Jesus, he sent you. He said, I'm going to. I'm going to pluck somebody up and put them right in the middle. Everybody needs to hear the word. So you can't complain about that stuff. You need to look at your situations and everything you're in and go, all right, Lord, why? Because all his plans work out. I'm telling you, he has a plan for everybody, and it's going to work out for the good. It's so important to keep that in mind. Hmm. We used to have that in the military. We'd get a new assignment, and everybody would go, oh, you're going there? That's a horrible assignment. I'm like, no, your assignment is what you make out of it. Like when you, when you walk around, you, you know where you're going. I can make any place that other people think is bad, I can turn it into good. i got to have a different perspective. Well, God says, I've got an assignment for you. And other people wouldn't want to do that. Bo, your assignment was in Mexico. I don't want to do that. <laughs> that did not look like something I would ever want to do. We're going to find out here shortly. But, but I believe that we all have an assignment, and, and God says, I'm going to put you and give you an assignment, and you need to start looking at it a different way. You need to find it in a different pattern and start, start matching it up in your head and go, why am I where I'm at and what am I supposed to do, God? Come on. Uh, but you have to choose to let God use you wherever you're at. You just need to be open to the opportunities and you need to look around more. A lot of times we're so looking down sorrowful because of where we're at and our circumstances in our life. We forget to look up and see the people that God put in your life, the people that God lined up right around you that need you. They need him. And guess what? You're the conduit. God's saying, I put you there. Find that person. I put them right there. And sometimes I think we miss it. And God says, that's fine. I'm going to make you do a roundabout. I'll make you do a U-turn. I'm going to put them back in your way again. But he's asking you, find them again. I put them right there. 
So always keep your eyes open. I believe when your time's done, when, you've done, when you're done with that assignment, just like the military, it's time to move on, and he'll give you something else. So don't be complaining about the spot where you're at. Start asking God, what do you want me to do in the spot I'm at? I don't even think any of this is in my sermon. Hang on. Man. But, yeah, you're right where you need to be so God can use you because he wants to do what? He wants to share the gospel. That's our, jo- that's our job. He says share the gospel. Get the word out. You're here to do that. that that's your calling, to share the gospel. And for a lot of you, um, you might go, well, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm good at getting somebody a coffee, buying somebody something behind me in the line. But you want me to share the gospel with somebody? Hmm. But I believe that's what Paul was doing. I believe that's what Paul was doing when he was chained up to that soldier. And he sat there and said, you know what, Lord, you want me to share the gospel? I'm going to do it. I'm not fearful. I'm not afraid. I'm going to do it. Let me get back on track. I'll get back to that. So, so he's looking at this Roman soldier and where this all plays in with the Roman soldiers, the fact he had these shoes on his feet. You know, Roman soldiers had these special shoes. And if you, uh, you ever been in combat or any of those places, you've got to have comfortable shoes. I don't care who you are. You spend a lot of time in them things, right? And, and these Roman soldiers back in the day, they were fitted up nice, man. They had the best things. They had these leather straps that came up. They had these spikes on the bottom. You know, and those spikes were one so they could cover every terrain, but it was also they could stomp on the enemy. They could, I mean, it was, there was a use for these spikes on their on their actual shoes. So I think he was looking at that going, man, I can use that. I can use that. I can send that out to people and let them know they need to be fitted with the gospel of peace. They need to have their shoes on, the shoes of the gospel of peace. Because here's the thing, just like them, if you don't have the right shoes on, guess what? When you walk over the, the terrain and you're doing stuff, you get blisters, it wears you out. Look, I can't even, I can't even walk outside without shoes on. I see people run around all the time. I got pebbles in my driveway. I'm like a little baby hopping across that thing. I couldn't imagine not having the right shoes on. You know, I've told you before, the reason why I wear my boots is that they're comfortable. <laughs> you know, I don't even want new ones because new ones aren't comfortable. I'm just like, baby, I don't know what I'm going to do when these things wear out. I guess when my foot's hanging out the bottom, it's over with. I don't know what I'm going to do. But it's to say, you know, you think about it. I, I'm in my house, and I wear slippers in my house because we have a brick floor. And I don't like the feeling of the brick on my feet. We're talking about like soldiers here uh, going out, doing the right thing. They have to fit. They have to feel right. And they have all kinds of purposes. And if you look through the verse, the big scripture we just read in verse 11, 13, and 14, it says stand and stand firm. So, so, so these shoes uh, were used for numerous different things, and we're going to break that down. Um, they, were, they were made there for you to stand your ground. So other verses say shod your feet, which is, which is put your shoes on and um, you can even think about it like with a horse. You would shot a horseshoe on a, on, on a horse so that they, um, so they wouldn't wear out their hooves when they were doing a lot of work and stuff. But here's the thing. The, these things, um, because the shoes are meant for a purpose, if you don't put them on, what happens is you hurt yourself. So in other words, if you don't put on that part of the armor, the enemy is going to come in and find some way, right, to add some debris in your walk and add debris in, in where you're going. And guess what? You're going to stub your toe. You're going to hurt your foot. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful because the enemy's never going to quit chasing you, right? So you have to put them on. You have to put them on all the time. It needs to be part of your regular day life. Every morning when you get up, as you do your prayer time and you read your word, you put on all the armor and get prepared. Uh, why? So you can go out and share the good news. Share the good news to people. 
And you can't share the good news to other people if you haven't put it on yourself. So how, how useful do you want to be for God? Do you want God to use you? Then every morning you got to be filled up with the good news and ready to go out. Because that's his purpose. That's his purpose for us in this world is to go share the gospel. That's it. It's good that you buy somebody a coffee, but he really wants you to share the gospel. So think about that. It adds a little layer to what we're doing here. Adds just a little bit to what we're trying to do. So your footwear matters. And actually, it actually plays out pretty well in life because if you think about it, there's companies that make billions of dollars on footwear. They have footwear for everything. I mean, you have golf shoes, you have swimming shoes, uh, hiking shoes. If you think about all the different shoes that are out there, so, so people make a ton of money on shoes. Why? Because you need them. Because they all serve a different purpose in life. They all serve a different purpose. And therefore, the shoes of the gospel of peace that we're putting on serves a purpose. I can remember. Have you ever tried bowling with, without bowling shoes? <laughs> Don't wear tennis shoes. Why? You lose your balance. When you try to make that step and slide, you just tumble right over. Been there, done that. Golfing, yep. You don't have golf shoes on, I'm telling you. Now, I've played with tennis shoes, but, but golf shoes help. They, they, they give you a little bit more torque, a little bit more, more power. Basketball, come on, that was my sport. I know, laugh, it was my sport. I could play. And my favorite shoes, I had special basketball shoes because I had to protect my ankles. And they were the Reebok pumps. They didn't make me jump higher, but, man, they fit good. They fit good. They look cool. Let that air out before you take them off. I'm telling you, but they were purposeful. Every pair of shoes has a purpose. You know, I had a pair of softball cleats, and where's Kevin at? Kevin is so much faster than me. He wore my, he wore my cleats one one day, and he went hauling around first base and ripped the soles right out of them. I was like, Kevin, you ran out of my shoes. He finished the whole time running with, with no sole. It's just foot flopping in the shoe. I was like, man, which reminds me, look, sometimes you got to renew those things. There, there's a renewing that has to happen in your shoes. There's a renewing that has to happen in your walk. There's a renewing because if not, you're going to rip the soles off them. They're not going to be worth it anymore. It's just like you got to change out spikes in your golf cleats, just like you got to do those things. And you're walking the gospel, you got to constantly renew yourself so you have fresh shoes so you don't slip, so they don't fall apart. Because if you don't use them in a while, they dry rot. So if you're not using it, if you're not sharing the gospel, guess what? It's just sitting inside of you rotten. So there's a pair of shoes for everything. So, yeah, it's kind of important we have fitted shoes when we go into battle. I look at these shoes and, and what they meant, so we'll jump into that. Um, there's two things that these shoes really did in battle. One was mobility and the second was stability. So we're going to talk about both of those, mobility and stability. So when you look at that, these Roman soldiers, they used these shoes to climb, to kill, to stand, and they were used for mobility. They, were, they made them swift and, 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 and mobile and agile so they could go do things. And that's what God calls us to do. He wants us to be ready to share the gospel, to advance the gospel. 
How can you advance the gospel if you, if you can't even move right? I don't know if you've ever, look, we were playing football out at the picnic and, and I had no good shoes on and I was fumbling all over the place. I was rolling, sliding, I couldn't stop. You know, that's why we have to put on the right shoes. And when you have the shoes of the gospel of peace, it's going to help you be mobile and agile to take and advance the gospel. The whole goal is to advance the gospel with it. You need to be ready to share the gospel, but also to live out the gospel. And that's what the shoes do. So God expects us to go through and, and go on the offense once in a while. I say go on the offense. It's not an offensive weapon, but it allows you to approach the enemy's territory. It allows you to approach where the enemy's at. Because when we do that, guess what? We're, we're advancing the gospel. We're walking into his territory. And you're going to take it back. You're going to preach the gospel to people that he's already won over. So you have to advance it. Now, it's not considered an offensive weapon when you look at all the armor of God. But without the shoes of peace, you can't even wield a sword. You can't even hold the sword if you, if you don't have peace. 1 Peter 3.15. 1 Peter 3.15, it says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Man, so first, we have to love and respect the Lord. Revere him. And when you do that, we're going to live. We're going to believe. People are going to want to know what's going on in your life. And you have to have an answer for that. And that answer shouldn't be anything but the gospel. That, that's the answer to it. You might come up with different things like, oh, man, I just got a new car. Or I just got this. But the answer is the gospel. The gospel. You should look and act so different than the world that people are just curious why. Because here's the thing, and people should be offended with the truth, not with the way you present it. So you need to think about that, because I've been approached in my life by people when I wasn't a Christian, and the way they approached me, why do I want to know anybody that you know? You can't come at me with a, with a sword, cutting me down, trying to get me to know who Jesus is. So, so it shouldn't be about, it should be about you. Like, like they should be able to look at you and go, man, I just want to know what you got. And then guess what? Let them be offended by the word, not by the way you present it. That's it. So we need, we need to be gentle. The Bible says be gentle in it, right? It says uh, uh, with gentleness and respect. That's how you present the gospel, gentleness and respect. And I know some, some people, that that's not how you were raised maybe, and you've seen the people that are out there, and, and, and they're saying turn or burn. And, and it, not saying none of that stuff is not the truth, <laughs> but it's how you apply it, and it's how you communicate with people that is so important. Okay? It's how you communicate with people that's so important. So gentleness and respect. And some of the problem is that some of us, we just don't know what the gospel is. I've realized that. You would think it, you know, it's, it's hard. You're in church and you think everybody knows what the gospel is. But a lot of times people go, I would share the gospel if I knew what it was. So how are you supposed to be prepared to share the gospel if you don't know what the gospel is? And if you don't pick up your Bible. So what's the gospel? 
Um, I'm not going to read through 1 Corinthians 15 because it's long. I'll break it down for you. But it's there. So highlight that in your Bible. If you have your Bible, 1 Corinthians 15, that is the gospel. Uh, that's what it's all about. If you really think about it, we were born into sin, right? So, so, so what God did is he said, I'm going to send my son, right? Because since you're born into sin and the wages of sin is death, right? I got to send somebody to pay that price. So I'm going to send my son Jesus. So Jesus came and died on the cross so that you wouldn't have to for your sin. And then he was rose again, raised again in three days. He rose. He rose for your sins. So the good news is, which is the gospel, when you hear people say the gospel, it means good news. So the good news is that God provided us salvation. You know, the bad news is is that we've all fallen short. And the wages of sin is death. But the good news is the gift of God is life. So come on, yeah. We've got to carry it and take the good news to others. And that's what he's saying. So you don't have, it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to worry about saying the right words all the time. And that's where people get confused. They think there's a special word to say. And if I say it wrong, they're not going to get it. That's the power of God's word. See, let God's word do what God's word is supposed to do. Look, trust me, I say stuff wrong all the time up here. I just pray, Lord, I know it's your word. So whatever I say, hopefully somebody gets something out of it. And, and so don't overthink this. Sharing the gospel is simply telling people about your God and what he's done for you. And when they see it in you, you don't even have to prove it. Your testimony is proof. Isn't that good that we are given a testimony, that we've all been through something? Because not one of us was born perfect. Not one of us came to him perfect. Okay, he, he has done it all. He has taken all that sin. He says, look, and guess what? Not one of us, you know, I'm not going to say that. There might be some people in here that once he touched you in your life, you've been perfect ever since. And I, I pray that. I hope that's true. But if not, guess what? He's been right there beside you going, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to take care of you again. And I'm going to take care of you again. Why? Because I need you to go share the gospel. So that's what he wants us to do. So we have to carry that good news. Because Satan doesn't like the gospel. The enemy does not like the gospel. In fact, he, he would rather us, he wants to deal with people with religion, uh, good works, uh, sincerity, but you're so sincere. You know, he's a deceiver. He wants you to focus on him, on his gospel and not, and not God's. That's how it works. That's how the enemy is. So the enemy doesn't like the gospel. That's why we need to share it. So we should all be able to communicate the gospel. We should all be able to lead somebody to Christ. Because I believe in our church, everybody's a minister. Everybody should be prepared for this. You shouldn't be like, oh, you don't know Jesus? Well, give me a second. Let me call pastor. Look, if you call me, I'm going to show up. I'll give you my word. <laughs> but you shouldn't have to. You should be like, well, let me, let me talk to you about him. Let's just have a chat. Let's just have a chat. Let's just talk. But you can do it on your own. Because everybody in here is prepared. Everybody in here has the tools. Because if God's done anything in your life, you just share that with them. That makes it a whole lot easier when you don't have to quote every word right. Then you can get them to church. <laughs> then you can invite them to church. We'd love to love on them. Tell them the next step, baptize them. I say that, but we've had people baptized in the fountain in downtown Montgomery. So, yeah, 
Good stuff. I love that story. They went down as a small group and just met the guy, and they were talking. He's, I'll baptize you right here. Climbed over the fence in Montgomery, baptized him. Boom. We're like, come on. <laughs> but here's the greatest part about it. You want to talk about the coolest thing? The guy that was baptizing was like an old skinhead, and the guy he was baptizing was a young black kid. And it just shows God's love in downtown Montgomery. It can happen. Because when God hits you, it wrecks you. Everything you ever were, everything you ever thought of is gone and you're new. And God can use you for so many things. Oh, I wish we had that on tape. I think you did record it and I got to watch it. But that's powerful. They actually had to ask the guy cleaning to get out of the way. He was like, you can't go in there. They said, no, I'm baptizing him. See, that's what it takes right there. That's how we should walk with the shoes of peace. We should walk out knowing that I'm bringing the gospel. I don't care. I have peace in my heart because God, man, come on, Lord, you're with me. You're not against me. And guess what? I'm going to do what you asked me to do. That's how it works. So don't be scared about questions people are going to ask. Here's what, I, here's what I believe. Just like Bo has a mission field in Mexico, this is our mission field. And some of us, we're missionaries. Some of you are called to go on a mission field, and we're going to do that this year. That's our trip. Next time Bo goes down, we're going to figure this thing out, and we're going to get some people down there. So if you're called to the mission field, we are going to do missions. Okay, that, that's important. But some of us are called to the mission field right here in our backyard. And he says, go out and share the gospel. Everybody you see in school, share the gospel. That's your job. Your job is to go into your classrooms, kids, and share the gospel. And be different than the world. You're not supposed to act like the world acts. And when you don't act like they act, people are going to say, why not? And you're going to say, because I'm filled up with the Holy Ghost. And you share the gospel with them. You take it to your work. And I know that's difficult for some people. I worked in, a, in a, an organization where it was tough to share the gospel freely. But I found a way. There's ways. There's ways to do it if you just think about it. And what's the worst they're going to say? No, then you change yourself to them and sit down and go, you're done. That's what Paul did. <laughs> no, don't do that. Pastor told me I brought in these chains, locked you up. Submit. <laughs> it's not, that's what I want him saying. But don't quit. Don't quit. It's a mission field. You are the salt and the light to this area. God put you here for a reason. Every place you're at, you're there for a reason. So you, you, you seek him and, you, and you, you share the gospel every place you're at until God releases you from it. He might not ever release you from it. He, you might be so effective right there, he brings people to you. That's how it works. So Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew and then the Gentile. It is for everybody. Don't be ashamed of it. Look, I've been there. I have been there where I first go into church and I was like, man, this is so good and I feel so different and God is so good. And then I go around people and they're like, what happened to you? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know how to tell you. I don't know how to tell you what happened to me because you're just going to laugh at me. That's why I'm telling you, don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of it. That's what we're here for. That's our purpose. So the shoes... We're meant to help take the gospel to everybody. It was advancing the gospel. So that's the first part of the shoes. The shoes of the gospel of peace is to advance the gospel. The second part was meant for stability. To give you balance to stand firm in a storm. 
Because when the enemy comes at you, you've got to be able to stand your ground. And that's why they had that. You know, when these soldiers would advance, the Roman soldiers would advance, they would form in teams and they would advance with their, with their spikes in the ground and their shoes fitted and they could crush over people. They could just advance and nobody could stop them. Why? Because they weren't slippery, they were firm. And that's what he says, put this on because the enemy's coming and I can't have you back up. I need you to stand firm, not lose any ground. That's how we're going to take the world. It's one step at a time and standing firm. And that's what we need to do. Because the enemy's going to come. And it doesn't matter how terrifying it looks, what the circumstances look like. That's where your faith, your trust in God. And say, Lord, you put me here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand my ground. Because he's going to attack with doubt. This is what I was saying with, with the, I love it, because when you have the peace of God, you can wield the, the, the sword of the spirit, which is his word. So, so I love it. When Satan attacks with doubt, he might say something like, like if God really loved you, he wouldn't have let this happen. And at that point, you dig in. You dig in and you wield that sword and you give him God's word, for it is written, all things work together for the good to, to them who love God and are called according to his purpose. See, there's a purpose. Without the peace, you would never wield the sword. Without the peace, you would start trying to figure it out on your own and figure out how can I do something different. You know, when Satan stabs from behind and says, remember what you did? And he just digs in and it's, it hurts and, and it starts cutting you. Guess what? He says, get your feet firm. Dig in, wield the sword, because it is written, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what he says. So see, this is how it works. He says, I need you to not back down, but the peace, you know, putting on the shoes of the gospel of peace gives you that peace to wield the sword. We'll get to the sword another day. I might have an outfit by then and we can sword fight. But we need to stand our ground. You know, something I learned when I was younger when it came to fighting is that when, when you fought, if someone fell on the ground, you pounced on them. You didn't give them a chance. Like, once you got off your feet, it was over. It was over. You just found a way that if you tripped, if you stumbled, fight was over. And I wasn't a fighter. I was with my dad. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm... That's how it was. You just, you, you, you just learn that, that if they go down. Think about UFC. If you ever watch UFC, these guys are on their feet. But, man, if someone gets a pop, they start going down, it's like someone jumps on them and you're just going at it. Why? Because you stumbled. You stumbled. That doesn't give you a visual of how you have to stand your ground. The enemy's just waiting for you to stumble. And if you stumble, he's jumping on you. He's pouncing on you. He's ready for you. I used to think of it like football because I love to play football. And when I played, I was actually a quarterback and a cornerback. And about being a cornerback I loved is I would decleat people. And if you don't know what decleating is, is you would catch them when they weren't looking and you'd hit them so hard their shoes come off because <laughs> they wouldn't see you coming. You would just mm, clean them up. <laughs> That's what coach would say, clean them up. You can't do it anymore, Right? And these boys are big now. I look at these linemen. Whew. See, the whole, the whole purpose of decleating somebody is, one, if they ain't got shoes on, they ain't playing no more. Right? So, so you just took them out of their comfort zone. Now, now all of a sudden, they, they're down. They have no footing. So you declete them, they're coming out of the game. But I look at these big linemen right now. 
Oof, I see it all the time. I watch these boys out there. They're, you know, high school boys, 300, 350. They're big old boys. You know, I used to love it. I coached, when I coached in high school, we used to walk down the hallway and I would, and don't get offended by this. I'd walk behind some boys and be like, hey man, you got a lineman's butt. Why aren't you playing football? They're like, what you mean coach? And I'm like, you're solid. Like you're wide and you're solid. I need a good foundation. You never played football? Come on, it's time to play some football. I'm going to show you because I need somebody that, that can have and stand their ground. So when you get your feet planted in the ground, nobody's going to move you. Nobody's going to move you. So it's always about having a good, uh, a good, a good stance and a, and a good fitting, and you had to have the right shoes. You see it now, man. These guys got such a good firm fitting, man. They'll blow their knees out because their feet ain't moving, and someone hit them from the side, and they'll snap their knee because their their footing is good. You work on your footwork. See, when you're teaching linemen, you always think it's all kind. No, it's footwork. I need to get your feet behind you and underneath you, so you can you can withhold the the. The, the invasion, uh, you know, the, the defense that's coming at you. But see, Satan wants to throw us off balance. He wants to rob us of our peace. And he's like a good defense end that knows how to pull and push. And, you know, if you want to get a big lineman down, I won't do it with Brother Bo because it might be embarrassing. I'd bring him up here. But when they, when they come at you, you know, the goal is, is, is you grab one and you pull one way and you push the other, and all of a sudden they're off balance. And once you're off balance, I can go by any lineman. I don't care how big you are. And that's what you teach them. Well, the enemy knows all the schemes. So the enemy is just trying to get you off balance. And if he can get you off balance, he's coming in. So you got, you got to understand it. Just as much as we work and we work at got to, uh, putting on our shoes and putting on the armor, the, the enemy's working and working trying to find a crack. And he's like, I'm going to find a way. I'm going to find a technique. I'm going to get in. Because Satan wants us ineffective. And when you don't have peace in your life, when you're not walking with that gospel of the peace and it's not firmed up on your feet, you're ineffective. He wants us to worry, to give up, to throw in the towel. Think about it. We live in a world filled with chaos right now. Filled with chaos. And the intent of Satan right now is to steal our peace. And our job is to stand firm in the word of God, and in the peace that he gives us. And that's tough. That is tough. When you see everything happening in society. But when you have peace, it allows all this stuff to go on around you, and the peace inside you doesn't shake you up. doesn't mean you don't care about it. It doesn't mean there's not some, uh, that's, that's, it's not legitimate. It doesn't mean that it's not real. It just means excuse me, that I'm filled up with peace in my heart from God and I'm letting him drive what I do. And I can't be worried about the attacks right now. I'm just gonna stand firm. I'm gonna put my shoes on and I'm gonna stand firm. And we can't be afraid. Because Romans 16, 20 says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. So we gotta breathe. We, we have to stand firm. We have to continue to do what God wants us to do in the place he wants us to be. So you ask, how do I get God's peace? Good question. We're going to go to Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Philippians 4, 6 through 9. 
says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. So God's peace protects your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. You let God's peace come in. So how do we do it? First step is you pray. You pray first, not last. When things start, when the storms start happening, you pray first, not last. You can do more after you pray, but pray first. Okay, don't try to do it on your own and then pray. We tend to do that at the last. Have you done everything? Man, I've tried this and tried it. Have you prayed? No, not yet. Well, that might want to be the first thing we do. Okay, let's surrender it to him first. Because God's always going to answer our prayers. Always going to answer them. And sometimes it's no. And you don't like that. You don't like the fact that he's willing to tell you no. And you're like, well, he's not answering me. Yeah, he did. He told you no. You just wanted your answer. You're only happy when you get your answer. God knows you better than we do. So you have to pray first. Surrender it to him. Second thing you have to do is think. See, it says pray because what it said, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer. That's what I read with thanksgiving. So, hey, guess what? When you're praying, why don't you thank God for what he's going to do? That's part of your prayer. Part of your prayer is with thanksgiving, saying, Lord, thank you for what you're going to do because I believe it. And whatever way it goes, whether you tell me to move or stay here, God, thank you because I know it's of you and for you. Right, so, so you have to pray with thanksgiving. That's the first one. The second thing you need to do is think. And it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So how do you get peace? You think about all the good stuff. You search for bad things, you find bad things. Think about good things and good things will happen. He says, think about good things. You need to think about the good thoughts. Remember what God's done in your life already. Remember what God's already got you out of. <laughs> Come on. I don't think I could have a bad day. All I got to do is sit back and remember what I've been through and what he pulled me through. It'll brighten my day in a heartbeat. The third thing you need to do is practice. Man, you got to practice what you preach. It says here, whatever you have learned or received, or heard from me, or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. You put it into practice. Whatever you've seen, whatever you've heard, put it into practice. Because faith without works is dead. You can have all the faith in the world if you don't do anything with it. It's dead. So you need to be a hearer and a doer. We got a lot of hearers, and we got a lot of doers. I need you to be a hearer and a doer. I love you, horse. I'll preach all day for you, brother. James 1, 22 through 25. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says, 
Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Break that down real quick. Think about this. I wake up every morning and I look in the mirror. It's like the first thing I do. Clear my eyes, look in, my beard's on this side of my face. I'm like, man, this is messed up. My hair's all over the place. Just kidding. My baby wakes up like this, so I just get to see her every morning. She's the only one I know wakes up beautiful. But here's the thing. When I, when I wake up and look in the mirror, I can look at my beard and be like, okay, and walk away. And that didn't do nothing. The mirror is there to show me what I need to fix. The mirror has to show me what I need to fix. I have to choose to do something with it. I have to choose to fix it. That's what the Bible does. The Bible shows us stuff that needs to be fixed. And all you need to do is do what it tells you to do. You can't just read it and walk away. You got to do something with it. That's what it means. You look at a mirror and you don't even see it again. Because I can look in the mirror all day and walk away. I look just the same way I did when I looked at it the first time. All right? So you actually have to do something. So that's it. The Word of God shows us what we need to do. Just need to apply it in our life and do something about it. So let's wrap this all up. So we're supposed to go forward and advance the gospel. That's what we're called to do. We do it when we fit up these shoes, when we put these shoes, the shoes of the gospel of peace. And that's how we stand strong as Christians. We stand strong in them. One, it keeps us, keeps us advancing the gospel. It allows us to move forward, and it keeps us standing firm in our ground, standing firm when the enemy's attacking us, standing firm when we're getting all the fiery arrows and all that stuff. Okay, you've got to put it all on, put on all the armor of the God. Because here's the thing, you have peace with God and by God. You can't do it on your own. It doesn't come from you. Okay, you can try it all you want. You can try every remedy. You can try to get out there and do whatever you want to try to fix it all. But he says, it's in me. Seek me out, come find me. Everything else is going to fall short. So he is our peace. You trust in him, you have peace. Don't sit around and just pray for peace either. (laughs) Goes back into that doing thing. Right? You can pray for peace and God says, I already gave you peace. When I saved you, I gave you peace. You just don't know how to use it. So why don't you pray for God to show you how to use the peace he already gave you? That's what I'm thinking about. You know how many times I go buy a new tool and I get it in my, in my barn and I look at it and I go, man, this does this cool thing. And I go, oops, that one does the same thing. Didn't even know it. I had a tool that I didn't even know how to use. Does the same thing this one did I just bought. We're always out asking for God to give us something he already gave us. Always asking for the same stuff, and we just don't even know how to use the stuff he already gave us. Let's start asking him for the right prayers. Hey, God, show me how to use this. You gave me this piece. Show me how to, how, how to work that in my life. But I do it all the time. Lord, give them peace. <laughs> Lord, show them how to use the piece you already gave them. <laughs> Open their eyes. So we got to live in peace. I've explained this whole iPad thing to you for a while. It just takes me a while to get down where I'm going. 
Words are really big. <laughs> oh. So yeah, go back reviewing those shoes. And just like I said, it helps us advance. It helps us stand firm. It helps us walk through all the rough areas in life that we face. It's always about that peace, the, the peace of the, the, the shoes of the gospel of peace. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. He didn't say it's going to be perfect. He said, you will have trouble. So take heart. Put on the full armor of God. Be ready. Trouble's coming. Trouble's coming. Here's the thing. I learned this is that you can lose your health without losing your hope. You, you can lose your friends without losing your faith. I'm telling you. But, but let peace keep you. See, that's the point. We, we got to let peace be the thing that keeps us grounded. Peace be the thing that, that we chase after all the time. The rest of that stuff, you can lose it. You can lose it. You got to live without fear. I love this. I'm just going to, you've heard this story a million times, but I love it because I love it when you read in Luke where it talks about Jesus uh, on the boat with his disciples. It says, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, master, master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging water. The storm subsided and all was calm. He said, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Your peace is a testimony of your faith. If you're walking around and and you're not living in peace, it's a testimony of the faith you have in your God. So we need to start praying about the faith side of everything. How much faith do you have in the Lord? How much faith do you have in his word? Because when you have faith in that, peace just comes. Peace just comes. It's part of it. So do you have peace in your own storm? Because it's easy to have peace when the water's calm. When everything's going good, it is so good to wake up in the morning and be like, man, everything's so good. Get outside, a car don't start, all of a sudden it's like someone just rained on your parade. Can you have peace in the storm? You know, I get a, here we go, I'm going to get into my, my Navy analogies. I love this one because I think about most ships in the Navy, they're on the sea. And when the storm hits, it hits, but the submarine goes under. So, so here's the thing, the submarine's under the water, doesn't even know there's a storm going on over top of it. Everything on surface level is, could, be a, could be a hurricane. And that submarine is submerged and it's just cruising without a bit, without one bit of worry, at peace, they don't even know what's going on. And you can have that kind of peace inside of you when storms are raging in your life. You got to submerge yourself into the gospel. God promised us peace in the midst of all the storms. So John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Mm. So good. Think of how much we can just spend time with him. And there's nothing like that peace when you seek him out. There's a, there's a moment when you get in his presence. 
where you don't feel anything. You don't hear anything. You are at perfect peace when you're in his presence. You're just there. Nothing bothers you. You don't hear. I'm telling you, there, not everything goes away. So when you seek him, you'll find him. And when you find him, you won't ever want to leave. You won't ever want to walk out of his presence. You'll want to sit right there because it's that good. It's that good. And that's the peace we're talking about. And when you experience that, when you feel that in your life, it is hard to stop you from sharing that with somebody. It is hard. Mm. So just like having a good pair of shoes can help us walk across all kinds of rough terrain and across any rocks and glass and whatever else, having confidence in Christ allows us to boldly proclaim his name. And while we face any kind of persecution, because we know that's going to come, we can rest knowing that the Savior of the world loves us, cares for us. He's got our back when nobody else does. Amen? Come on. So I want to pray with you guys today. And I want to pray for peace. For you to recognize the peace that God gave you. So that when you're dealing with circumstances in life, I don't want you to be focused on the storm. I want you to be so focused on him, you don't think about anything. You don't see it. You don't feel it. Because the storms are out there. We're going through a storm in our life right now. We're going through the biggest storm this country's ever faced. And you can be at perfect peace inside doesn't mean that after we pray we don't get out and try to do something to make it better and we don't try to try to help in any way possible but we seek him first and say God show me direct me lead me position me put me where you want me to go tell me what to say so maybe that's you today maybe you haven't Maybe you need to find that peace in a storm. Maybe you haven't felt his peace in a really long time. And you feel like the storms just keep coming and you don't know a way around it. I won't pray with you today. Maybe you just need to have the boldness to, to, to go speak the gospel. Maybe you need that boldness to say, I can walk into any area and share the gospel. Maybe that's you. Maybe you just need to surrender that to him. Maybe you're just tired of all that. And you just want, you know, like, like Brother Ken was singing up here. You want a new fire. You're just seeking something new right now. Because the old one just doesn't seem to be warm enough. And it's time to try something new. Maybe we've got to put on these shoes of peace. Put on this breastplate of righteousness. Put on this belt of truth and start walking this walk the way God wants you to walk it. So if that's you. Nobody looking. I just want to know. I want to know if I'm reaching anybody today. Just raise your hand if you need prayer for any of that this morning. I see it. I see them. I see them all over the place. Come on, Lord. That's what I'm talking about. So, Father, you see the hands. You see the hearts in this place. Father, you, you see the minds. Father, you know what's stirring up. Father God, you know the storms that are brewing. Father, you already know what's happening in the future, Lord. 
So God, teach us how to use the peace you've given us. Father, give us the boldness to walk in and put on the shoes of the gospel of peace and declare the gospel and preach the gospel and share the gospel with with everybody we run into, Lord. Father, let us share your love with people, Lord. Father, give us the ability to share our testimony, Lord. Father, give us the strength to face the storm right in the eyes with our feet firmly fitted on the ground and declare your word, Father God. And just to live in that peaceful moment, to to have that peace over everything happening in our lives. So Father, touch them this morning. Give them that boldness. Give them that courage. Give them that strength. We just lift them up to you, Lord. Do what only you can do. And there's some people in here you need to You need to know Jesus. That's the first step. That is the first step, is understanding who he is and allowing him to come work in your life. That is the very first step in this walk. You need to understand that he died for your sins so that you don't have to. That is so good. So if you've never received Jesus into your heart as your personal Savior, if you've never given your life to him, you have a chance today, right now. right now. Don't go on another day without doing this. Don't go on another day without having that peace in you. So if that's you and you want to receive Jesus in your heart, or maybe you want to redeclare because maybe you feel that, that you want to make sure it's, it's true. And if that's you, you can just raise your hand up. I just want to look. Nobody's looking. I just want to see who I'm speaking to. We're going to say a prayer together. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. Any other hands? Come on. We're going to say a prayer together. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not doing any of that stuff. We're going to say a prayer as a group. I see him. Awesome. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, 10, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you declare it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we're going to say a prayer with our mouth, but you have to believe and have the faith in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. So all you have to do is repeat after me. So church, we're going to say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I need you. I've kept you out of my life for too long. Change me. I can't do it on my own. Come into my life. Be my savior. I know you died on the cross and rose again just for me today. I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all. We got a couple people. Look, if you said that, if you said that for the first time, first time in a long time, you said it online, we're doing baptisms next week. That is so important. Like, that's your very next step is baptism. Very next step. Okay, so let us know. Let us know so we can get all prepared. And next week we can do baptisms. It's going to be a phenomenal time. We enjoy it. We celebrate it. Um, don't miss out on that opportunity. That's your next step. So maybe, maybe, maybe you've taken that and said that prayer, you know, over the last two months because we do baptism every other month. So. Yes. We sure will. We do have child care available uh, every, uh, 
uh, Monday and Tuesday night. So we have child care. So if you want to come to prayer and you have kids, drop them off. If you want to come on Tuesday night, we have child care available. So, um, so that's out there. So, um, so please utilize that. We, we have people here, so, so you don't want to miss out on that. But yes, if you want to get baptized, please go by Connection Point, sign up online, something like that. Uh, we'll take care of you there. We'll get you all the information. You can pull out your, your app and, and sign up online, all those good things. Um, but, you know, the last thing we like to do at Destiny is, is uh, we always like to save the best for last. We like, as part of our worship, we give. Um, and the way we give at Destiny is we have ushers at the door. And as you leave, um, if you want to give this morning, you can, you can give in the, in the baskets. You can give online. You can go out and you can give in a kiosk in the foyer. You can give on your app. Do all those things. Um, however you feel, God's moving in your heart. I always tell people this. If you're not a cheerful giver, we don't want your money. So be cheerful when you give. Let God speak to your heart. It's not a chore to give. It's just a, it's a blessing to give back what he's already given to you. And it is so good. And we celebrate that every Sunday. Um, man, I just love it. And, and just to be able to give back for what God's done to you is just amazing. And, uh, and I love that part. I love that part. We're a church that gives. We're a church that gives. Can I share something with y'all? I want to share something about our giving. I haven't, uh, trustees and elders, forgive me because I haven't really put this out to a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but we are right now in the process, so you know, of purchasing this building. Yeah. What that means is we have entered into negotiations. Um, we have raised the down payment that we need to purchase this building. So um, that's what we've been trying to do. Uh, and guess what? We've done it through covid which there's other churches shutting down through COVID, but because we have people that love to give, we're growing. Like if you haven't realized since COVID has started, we, we put $40,000 and bought a back lot. I don't, I, like, I don't, like when I'm saying faithful givers, we have a group, we have a family of believers that we believe and we give. And when you give, it changes things. And guess what? Us purchase, purchasing this building is gonna change things. It's going to give us a solid place, a footprint, uh, where this is going to be home for generations after generations and after generations, and nobody's going to be able to take it from us. That's huge. So we're in those negotiations. Um, bank loves everything. We're good there. That's positive. We've got the down payment, so that's good. Uh, so now we're just waiting on um, the negotiations to see how that falls out. But I'm just telling you, that's because you give. And I can't, I can't express that in, in any other way other than it's just through faith. And all the other things that we do, when you look, you're not giving to a church, you're giving through a church. And we do everything. Like we push money out. We tithe as a church. So we, we give out 10% of everything that comes in. So you know, we believe in that. We believe that when you give, we take 10% off the top and we go bless other ministries. We bless, we bless organizations. We push money out of this church into missions, into all kinds of things. Okay, that's a little bit of the background in the church. That's what we do. Um, but we can't do that without you. So when you're faithful, it allows us to do all these things, and it's so good. So just my little spiel. I was looking for Kevin. I didn't know where he went. He was going to do the offering. <laughs> so what you get when you get me doing an offering. So um, we're going to pray over that. We're going to pray over offering, and you guys can, can give at the doors or give wherever. I just thank you guys for being so faithful, um, just so faithful that during, during a time like, oh, come on. So, Father, we love you, Lord, and we thank you, God. And we thank you that during a time when everything else 
seems to be shutting down, God, that you're rising up. Come on, holy. That you're, you're speaking to people, God, and your faith is true, God. And people are, are continuing to be faithful in their giving. They're continuing to be faithful to you and in your works, God. Come on, holy. We thank you for, for everybody in this church. I thank you for everybody that gives. God, I ask you to bless the gift. I ask you to bless the giver. Bring favor upon them and blessings to them, Lord. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to purchase this building. And Father, we surrender it all to you, God. You have your way. It's all yours, God. You do what you want to do with it. So Father, we thank you once again. We thank you that we get to, to, to even come in and worship you today, God. So we ask you to bless us through the week. Bless us for next weekend, God. Bless this offering, Lord. We just give it all to you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen and amen. Come on, guys. We appreciate y'all. Have a blessed day. If you need prayer, do not leave here without prayer. If our prayer partners could come forward, we want to pray for you. Don't miss that opportunity. So any prayer requests, come on up. And if not, we will see you next week or this week when we see you Monday and Tuesday. God bless.